fraternal greetings and a warm welcome to India's first and only Freemasonic podcast, The Ashlers, a unique podcast that is hosted by Masons aiming to share information and the timeless wisdom around Freemasonry with the rest of the world, thus sharing the light of Masonry far and wide. As a disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions shared by the hosts and participants on the Ashlers is solely their own and thus do not represent any official positions or proclamations of any Grand Lords thereof. Be assured that best efforts have been made to keep the conversations and presentations on the level for brethren and non-Masons alike. Moving on, there is something called jewels in the lodge. And in Freemasonry, we have six of them. Three of them are called movable and three are called immovable. Again, uh, as usual, I will cover half of it and uh, the other half will be covered by Shishir. And then I'm going to play, throw a googly on that, which will try to explain where exactly this thing is coming from. So the three movable jewel in Freemasonry for us is the square, the level and the plumb. Square, obviously, to square the corners of the buildings and to understand level, obviously, to understand what level is. And the plumb is to take a look at the straight lines. They are called movable jewels because they are actually worn by the master. Those are literally the symbols or rather the jewels which are worn by the master on his collar. And they are called movable because it moves, as in the person moves from one chair to the other. So most lodges, normally what happens is the person who becomes the junior warden, the next year he'll become the senior warden and then he'll become the worshipful master. So it kind of moves for them. The person moves, right? Similarly, you have the immovable jewels and uh, Shishir, you will cover the, uh, if you could please cover the immovable jewels and why they are called immovable. Yeah. Now, it's interesting here that first and foremost, you got ornaments and then you got jewels. So people not... <laughs> People not privy to all this will be wondering what are these guys all about. But yeah, we, I think... We, we, we still don't uh, talk about those jewels being like some gold or some silver. Yeah. Please, please <laughs> think about it. Maybe in the olden times it would have been, but definitely not. This is a basic simple steel. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then uh, that's the point, right? Uh, jewelry made of gold and silver can always be melted and made into something else. But uh, moral or cardinal virtues when you term them as ornaments or jewels and what have you, then it's beyond the physical representation of it, right? And you have already covered uh, at least the square level and the plumb. Let me cover the immovable, uh, immovable jewels and then it'll hopefully make sense. Hmm. All right. Now, coming to that. So you have the rough ashlar and then you have the perfect ashlar. Now, I'm sure you guys are now sure where <laughs> our name comes from, right? The Ashler's Podcast. Well, this is where it comes from. Rough Ashler is basically represented by a cube, uh, you know, a stone cube. But if you look at it, it looks very rough. It looks like as if someone just roughly cut it out of some block of stone. And the perfect Ashler in a lodge is also represented by a similar cube. But it's very smooth. It usually has a good, uh, very smooth, shiny surface, you know, glossy surface to it. After that, we have something called a tracing board or also known as a trussle board. Let me delve on the ashlers first and I'll come to the tracing board. 
Now the Ashlers, the rough Ashler. Basically, here even Albert, you know, when we talk about Albert Pike, it's it's all coming down to one very simple fact. As a human being, when you start out in life, there are many things you do not know. You will make mistakes. Point is, you learn from those mistakes. You improve on those mistakes with those learnings. Imagine or try to recall the first time you started learning the alphabet. Whichever country you are from, obviously you would not have been able to do it perfectly, right? Your hand, hand eye coordination, all that thing needs to sort of improve. And your your the alphabet that you write will not come out very perfectly. The curves, the lines will all be all over the place, right? But then you keep on practicing. the The whole point is you keep practicing, and then eventually your handwriting takes shape. Now, if you are people like me, my handwriting has not improved even now. But of <laughs> course, there are people with amazing handwritings, and that shows the dedication they had to improve it. or the dedication of their parents and teachers to ensure that they improve their handwriting <laughs> but the point is that the rough ashler is talking about your initial stage where you are still rough around the edges and perfect ashler obviously if you take the stone keep on scrubbing it with a sandpaper or something like that eventually it will become smooth right so that act of rubbing it with the sandpaper is nothing but your practice relentless constant ongoing practice which eventually leads to a perfect ashler from a rough ashler that's the basic point albert is also talking about here now the tracing board what is a tracing board like in general if you were to think about it if you were to just imagine it does not matter whether you are a mason or not just try and blankly imagine what can a tracing board be break down the words tracing and then you have a board well obviously it is something you draw up correct now considering that masonry is coming out of stone masons uh, sort of legends and all of those things it basically alludes to a board on which a master or someone who is adept at the craft would basically draw their plans like a blueprint that we call in uh, engineering right now in masonry we have tracing boards however they are trying to visually talk about the relevance uh, or the relevant tools and the relevant teachings in a visual format for a particular degree that is an important tracing board now these are again called immovable by the same logic that renish mentioned in his movable jewels immovable because these particular jewels the rough and perfect ashlar and the tracing board they are having specific locations in a lodge it is always kept there you don't move it from where it is there's a reason why they are placed over there so that is why these are called immovable jewels and again jewels simply because it's not the matter of it being made from precious stones or metals but they contain they represent important and valuable concepts and ideas that one can look at them and think that okay as an entered apprentice i'm you know still learning so i'm probably a rough ashler i still don't know a lot of things but eventually as i grow in masonry i'll become a perfect ashler i will practice my rituals i'll practice my charges and what not and become a better individual in that journey right making good men better right so that's the whole point over to you rinesh 
Thanks. Thank you very much, Shishir. I the googly which I wanted to add was uh, when I was reading about uh, these things or rather uh, understanding what are the stuff which we keep in the lodge and everything i came across some paper from one of the grand lodges of uh, us state i think it might have been grand lodge of california not i can't remember it very well either grand lodge of california or ohio uh in that i realized that they have actually interchanged this they kind of uh, started putting that immovable jewels which we have been calling about the whole rough astra perfect astra and tracing board they started calling it they they were calling it as movable jewels whereas the square level and plum what they used to call it as immovable jewels now that was a bit confusing and this was obviously in my first couple of uh, years in freemasonry so i literally have no idea about that so i kind of reached out to a couple of them trying to figure this out and the person who responded to me uh, he said that he doesn't have an answer but this is his explanation and i really love that explanation he said that the square level and plumb are called immovable jewels there is because they don't move it's the person who moves from one chair to the other the square stayed it stays at its place we say because the person moves for us and he takes over the movable portion is that the, some other person is actually taking it over and on the other hand the immovable jewels which we consider the ashlers and the tracing board he said they call them as the movable jewels because that is supposed to be a journey you are moving from a rough ashler to a perfect ashler he added that this might not be the right answer but i loved that answer and the reason why i loved it is because that is exactly by the way that is exactly what freemasonry most important concept is it allows you to explore all of these answers some of them way too close to the truth or to the the fact which we are able to digest or understand some a little far behind but it gives you that option the playground to ensure that you learn or understand all these things and that is the beauty of freemasonry i would like Pause. to add this i would like to add to this by saying that um that's where the speculative part of freemasonry comes into picture right true, true you can speculate you can come up with your own reasonings and rationale and what have you but you know that is important for you as a freemason or even if you're not a mason you could pick up your you know religious book and interpret some uh, sentence or some saying uh, or some teaching in in your own personal way important part is that you still are on that journey of improving yourself you take what uh, you know is is adding positively to you to your life uh, to you as a person and i think th- therein lies the essence of even freemasonry right uh, all of a sudden what rish just mentioned that answer suddenly makes sense to me and if you think about it uh, it it's a little more conceptual right the movable jewels in in this case uh, are moving because you are you know moving from one state of mind to another state of mind so that has affected you as a person to move through because of that jewel so it is more conceptual and still a very good explanation in in my opinion so moving on from the jewels which we have been both speaking about there is a next point which albert pike is talking about and he says our brethren of the york right say that there is represented in every well governed lodge a certain point within a circle the point representing an individual brother the circle the boundary line of his conduct 
beyond which he is never to suffer his prejudice prejudices or passions to betray him this is as simple as you can explain when it comes to this point within a circle there is not much to interpret except for the fact which albert pike has mentioned that point which we are talking about the circumpunct which we are speaking about right that is me and that entire circle is the boundary and that boundary could be obviously our brothers guarding us guarding me actually to ensure that i do not basically move out of this circle and do something wrong now what exactly this circle could be like what am i trying to explain in this circle the circle could be moralistic virtues which i should be having something which makes me more human than a human should be or makes me a sane person or even when it comes to our own work whether i should be doing the right stuff or should be doing the wrong stuff or whatever it is but that circle show the circle is not just a circle the circle is not just these values being there the circle is actually brothers and the reason why albert pike has just mentioned it is not because he just wanted to write it but because he understood the concept of what brothers in freemasonry actually do or rather your fellow counterparts do in freemasonry they actually help you guide you ensure that you are able to do a better job in you being you see please understand we have been saying this time and time again there is no way these measurements are done on a scale which has been given to us we understand what is right we actually understand what is right or wrong what is good or bad but sometimes what happens is in the flow of doing things or under, not understanding them properly i might do something which might not be right who is going to help me obviously my own conscience is the first guide which needs to be there and that conscience obviously gets trained understand all these things by the various experiences which we have it also helps as in it also develops itself thanks to the fact that i know other people otherwise like mogli living in the jungle he thinks everything is right but even mogli living in the jungle was following certain rules and those rules were given to him by the wolves so that's the same thing when it comes to this point within the circle point within the circle has been used not only in freemasonry but in many other aspects people who are uh, what should i say fan of uh, graphic novels point within the circle is there in one of the graphic very famous graphic novel watchman if you remember what i'm talking about you will actually understand this there too when you read that concept of what exactly those things are why exactly it is right it literally showcases that that person knows everything and he is able to do but it also talks about how he was created what is he created that whole atom that whole concept of that that is something which should be interesting for us to understand the center of the entire power which which binds the entire uh, what do you call it which binds the protons sorry which binds the electrons in the orbit that is what the entire story of point within a circle is it is also used in many other orders and it is also used in some of the older rituals which were there in freemasonry where these points or where these where the symbols were actually having that meaning we might have lost them but it's there it's definitely there albert pike also goes into the length of saying that there are two lines on these uh, around the circle and according to the ancient uh, according to the older uh, rituals these two lines used to represent the two saint johns the saint john the evangelist and saint john the baptist 
in some cases they used to call it uh, one line was actually king solomon that is what i have read when i was reading about this point within the circle uh, one is uh, king solomon the other is moses sorry one is moses the other is king solomon and i'll tell you why we are talking moses got the laws from god through the 10 commandments solomon built a place to keep that laws by the king solomon temple john the baptist is the one who show, who spoke about the coming of jesus john the evangelist is the one who spread that knowledge some obviously are talking about those two lines as tropic of cancer and tropic of capricorn that's where the maximum reach of a sun actually goes albert pike was obviously not very happy about those uh, that explanation but still that explanation is there and you as i said we can interpret it in that manner we can add more values to it and that is the beauty of the point within the circle interesting isn't it how we can draw parallels quite mm. literally on the globe and say that this is probably where these things also come from but you know it could be conceptual it could be whatever again going back to the same point take what you get from it that affects you in a positive way now with that we are actually coming very close to the end of this chapter and this is uh, you know the, what i'm going to talk next is quite interesting and i'm fascinated that even at that point of time uh, albert has tried to draw a parallel which is a little more probably i would say relatable because keep in mind this is not a book which was published in the 1900s definitely not a book from the 2000s this was many many years ago the place was different the people were different we have to keep that era in mind when we when we think about this book as well now what albert pike has done here is he's given his own you know a twist or uh, his own take on the 10 commandments uh from a masonic standpoint now uh, this is again directed uh to the initiates that is the entered apprentices the people who join masonry uh, very newly so he's given these 10 commandments of sorts to help them make sense of what they're getting into about the fraternity also to help them guide you know to guide them basically along the way so that they become better men i won't go through all the 10 of course but uh, you know that is something i would encourage you guys to go through but uh, i'll just pick out one of it okay and he says thou shalt hear much thou shalt speak little thou shalt act well this line just caught my eye it is number 9 in that uh, list of 10 but it is just plain common sense this is something your parents would have told you <laughs> right be a good listener don't talk too much and you know behave properly that is basically what he's saying here but these are such fundamental things and yet it is part of his 10 commandments because um if you would have noticed a pattern in it is this times recording in this episode it boils down to one very simple fact that all the knowledge is there within you common sense is there within you as humans we can judge between good and bad but things like greed things like hunger for power and all of that tends to color our judgment and makes us go off the true path and i think this particular uh, commandment if we read it tells us how simple it is to get back on the right track you just have to have that mental fortitude 
to bring yourself back <laughs> now with that being said i think we are pretty close to the end and let me hand it back to renesh to elaborate a little more and finally close this chapter and this series of uh, you know chapter 1 of this particular book the entire chapter what albert pike was actually doing was giving us ideas of the various aspects which we have seen in entered apprentice degree by no means first of all please understand by no means can we understand or cover everything in this shishir and i when we decided to take up this book and go through it was to see if we are able to understand this and maybe try explaining this to others and then we realized we are not doing a great job why because it is not that easy to explain of freemasonry or the concepts of freemasonry to just some random uh, randomly standing on the street and just telling about it it needs to be experienced it needs to be understood the way a person actually reads a book i can tell the story of the lord of the rings and the silmarillion to everyone but once when you start reading it you will automatically get sucked into it and this book is like that for me so the concepts which were showcased here the the topics which were picked out in from the chapter right we have carefully chosen that the last couple of pages which i was going through which sorry shishir and i when we were going through we realized that he is kind of summing it up to explain us what exactly is the responsibility of an entered apprentice and this one line which really i i really liked it says quote whatever occurs we should have faith in the justice and overruling wisdom of god and hope for the future and loving kindness for those who are in error unquote now obviously many people will think that how exactly can i just have that kind of a faith in uh, god and his wisdom and something like that it's difficult and i completely agree yes it is difficult it makes your job a little bit difficult when you are at the lowest ebb of your life you don't know what's happening and no matter what you're doing everything is going against you you can't just be sitting idle and thinking that oh you know what god will take care of me something will happen i don't have to worry about it no you will have to worry because it's as somebody had just said you cannot expect the mountain to move if you don't even think about doing anything about it and we have a story in india of a man who actually carved a road through a mountain because his wife died when she had to cross that hill to get water from the other side he took it as a challenge against that hill and said you killed my wife i will ensure nobody else do that he didn't think about just sitting over there or praying uh to god or thinking that something else is going to change he didn't expect anybody else to take action he took action he took the plow started digging started carving that road just so that his village can actually reach the other side and get that thing done and that is exactly what we require but he had that faith that he can do it you can name you can add a title to it saying that maybe this is the faith which he got because of his uh, belief in god yeah could be or uh, i could come up and also say that he had uh, faith in it because he had he believed that he had the power to do it or he knew what the goal is all said and done he did it and that is exactly what is expected of you as well we can all cry or rather we can all be sad about the fact that oh things are not moving things are not happening around me what's going on i'm not happy about it and i would like to just walk away but i would like to ask what are you doing to change yes it is difficult for one person trying to change but it is not impossible 
it can be done it has been done and it will be done in future as well so this chapter literally teaches an entered apprentice what those points are it brings out various elements from various books various religion various cultures to explain that at the end of the day we all are the same human being with the same set of limbs at least uh, if we have not lost it unfortunately but at least that common sense is still there to understand the intricacies of our life to understand what is morality what is philosophy and how masonry kind of helps us or how being human helps us freemasonry is that energy it allows you to find an aim and allows you to make something out of it for the mankind around you we enjoyed reading this we enjoyed discussing this i hope you guys who are listening to us who have been listening to us uh, the last uh, total 5 episodes counting this or 6 episodes depending upon how long this is you would have also enjoyed this i love or rather i would say that shishir and i would love to listen from you if you have any other counterpoints if you have any points which actually can enhance our understanding or come up and tell us that ranesh maybe this is not the right way you should have tried something else we are more than happy to listen to that the reason is that itself will allow us to go further we have completed so many episodes so i'm pretty sure we we would love to listen from you to ensure that we continue doing this what do you think shishir completely agree ranesh and you know just to quickly recap uh, or rather you know reiterate this our email address is the ashlers podcast at gmail.com you would find this in our show notes as well now this podcast of ours is not just limited to india but it's you know on a global platform so i'm sure there'll be a lot of uh, you know our listeners from outside of india as well who are listening to us and if any of you who is you know well versed with albert pike's work especially morris and dogma if there is something that you feel uh, that you would like to contribute or maybe even get featured on our podcast we would love to you know arrange for that so uh, if there's something like that please do hit us up uh, send us an email and you know we'll get we'll get talking and anyone uh, goes without saying but anyone within india also of course if there's something you would like to further add on uh, at the end of the day guys the whole point behind doing this uh, series was to make a seemingly difficult book accessible sometimes things that we think are difficult it's not the difficult if someone gives us a little nudge or someone gives us a little jest i am notorious in my family for being the guy who before watching a movie will go and check out for all the spoilers in fact if i uh, you know um, if i get the movie in my hands i'll go and look at the ending first and then decide if i want to watch the movie or not so <laughs> coming from a guy like me i mean i can definitely vouch for it by saying that if rinesh uh would not have nudged me uh, by giving this idea even i would not have bothered about looking into it thinking that it's just too difficult i'll read something else but then he was like no just give it a thought give skim through it you'll find something you don't have to go into details and then i did that and then i was hooked so i hope this inspires some of our brethren and even uh people who are not masons who may have access to this it's like openly available so if if you are one of those who like to read give this a try if not you will get something that will probably trigger some uh you know direction in your mind 
to live a better life and i think in in that whole process uh lies the winning part of it right all of these things you don't have to follow it to the t you have to follow it in a way that adds to your life in a good way so with that folks i think we have come to a very befitting end to this particular series at least for chapter 1 we'll be going to the other chapters shortly but for now i think this is a journey i'm so happy renation myself decided to take on uh, along the way <laughs> along the way we had uh, you know uh, brother rampa as well who came and gave his points of view which again was such an amazing value add and that is the kind of uh, you know that that's the kind of partnership or collaboration that really adds value to the podcast as well you as listeners get to hear you know expert views we as uh, producers of the podcast get to learn because our masonic journey is just as green as most of those most of the people around right so before i close i just want to give it back to renish to give his closing thoughts thank you shishir uh, as i said book is obviously awesome we have been hearing about this book for quite some time and thank you for taking it up but also remind me not to go with movies with you because you're going to give me that spoiler uh of however <laughs> <laughs> however this uh book is a journey and i would love to continue this journey as you mentioned we are going to cover the next uh, chapters in the coming episodes and as i said and as we have already mentioned please do reach out to us in case if you feel that there is something which uh, we have missed out which we need to add which we should add and we will definitely do that because that's what i but that's what i love to do that's what shishir loves to do that's why we both have come together to do this um thank you albert pike thank you for writing such an amazing uh, chapter and uh, we are looking forward to learning more from this perfect so with that folks thank you so much for listening in as usual feel free to write uh, to us anything that we can improve on anything you would like to say or just a simple hello we would love to hear from you so with that this is shishir signing off and thank you from me bye and that's a wrap we thank you for your time and hope that we have been able to present to you the true light of masonry in yet another way please continue to watch out for more episodes from the ashlers by subscribing to our channel on most of the popular podcasting platforms links are in the show notes and also feel free to email us at the ashlers podcast at gmail.com your encouragement is what keeps us motivated above all as proud hosts of india's first and only free masonic podcast we wish you all the very best and until next time the ashlers signing off